Welcome. You are listening to the Cover to Cover podcast, lively conversations with cutting edge authors, hosted by Mary Elizabeth Jackson. Mary is an author, advocate, and educator. Join us to find your new favorite author, book, or inspiration. And now, here's Mary. Welcome everyone to the show. Oh my gosh, I'm so, so, so excited to be here today. I have a very special guest. Now on cover to cover, I like to cover everything in the written world. And so it is a real honor to have uh, what I would call music legend with me today who has (laughs) traveled the world. He's done just about everything. He's worked with some of the most famous people that we know, especially if you're an 80s kid. We were just talking about this before the show. So Tim McGeary is an international singer-songwriter, originally from New Jersey, and he now calls his home in Naples, Florida for the past 30 years. He started out in the New York club scene playing at CBGB's CBGB's tracks in Danceteria and was signed to A&M Records with the band The Rescue. So we're going to talk to, I'm going to talk to Tim. I always say we because I I have done some of the co-hosts for five and a half years. So anyways, it's me, myself, and I here today with Tim. So the three of us are going to talk to you. (laughs) And uh, we're going to just listen to your story. And, you know, if you have not heard of Tim McGeary, you need to. And you need to not only listen to his music, download it, but you need to buy it because he is an artist who's trying to survive in the world. And as all creators, somehow there's so much hard work that goes into our creations and sometimes a little payout and it needs to be honored. Tim, welcome to Cover to Cover, buddy. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it so much. This is great. Um, yeah, I just, I've done, I've had a great ride, I gotta say. Um, yeah, so you, you, you've, okay, how long have you been in the music business? Like, when did you start singing? And no, like, this is what I have to do with my life. Well, basically, um, I'll tell you, when I was five years old, I started piano lessons, and this, I'm a songwriter, and I did the piece that the, the teacher wanted me to do, and then I said, and I wrote this, and she's like, you wrote a song, and I did. So it's like, so it's always been in me. And uh, when I was 15, 16, I was in this band called Kairos, and we wrote a bunch of songs there. Um, and then I've always been writing. It's just, it's just in me to do it, you know, with piano or uh, and guitar. And um, so what happened was uh, we got this, uh, the, I guess we, I went to the College of Recording Arts in San Francisco. It was about, you know, about uh, teaching me about recording. This is like back a while ago, like in the 70s. I and mean, we're still using tape. Um, the the guy that the, the, our teacher was like so old. He's like, when I first started recording, they'd take me down to the beehive and get the wax. <laughs> like, oh my god! So, oh but, lord, that's old. It, yeah, so, <laughs> but it was really cool because like he did all these giant orchestras in Europe, and he was like the guy. Like, and he he'd get these microphones just placed perfect, you know, and have beautiful sound. So, so I went there, and then um, so I got in this band, um, Neighbors and Allies. Um, this is my friend. Was one of my one of my friends was a soccer. Uh, uh, yeah, rugby player from school that, and we were, we become best friends. We've been friends over forty years, and um, there's a really cool story. I have to tell you this one is because it's really fun. So we used to we used to roadie for a guy named Richard Hell and the Boy Doys. Um, it was a punk band, and he was uh, he was close with the Talking Heads and and Blondie. They were all sort of friends. So we had this thing on CBGBs, which is a rock club in New York, which is pretty famous. Everyone's played there, and uh, they do a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. So we go, well, Richard, if we can open up for you we'll roadie for free and you can have the whole door and he's like well yeah that sounds good i mean 
you're 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 gonna work for free and I have the whole and I get all the money? He goes, Yes, you do. He's like, Okay. <laughs> he's all down with that. He's on to play. So we go on Thursday night, you know, we come off stage after our first set and he's like, uh like you guys are like really good. Like his band was getting nervous, you know, because we, we were good, you know, we, we we practiced a lot when he was in so Friday night we get off our set and there's a guy we had was uh, from a band called Magazine. He was a road manager and he was staying at our band house and for a week or so. Um, and uh, he said, "Listen, I'll do the roadieing because David Bowie's out there and he wants to meet you." And we're like, "What, David Bowie? Like, like, what? Like, like, totally blown away. Nicest guy ever." So we sat down, we had some beer, we're just talking music. You know, he said to me, he "Goes, you want to be a rock star?" And I go, "Guilty." So yes, I did. I I will say I was young, you know. And um, but so, but the cool thing was at the end of the night, um, uh, he was leaving, and he goes, uh, "What's that opening band getting paid?" And they go, "Oh, they're not." And he goes, "Yeah, they are." He took nine hundred dollars out of his wallet and paid us. How cool is that? I mean, uh, and 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 everyone I know that at, at has I have friends that, that you know that were that, that know him very well and were like in close proximity and you know saw him a lot on a regular basis. And they all say the same thing: he's the nicest person. All about art, creativity. You know what I mean? I mean, just cool dude. Like, you know, just, it was just, yeah. But that's before we had cell phones and cameras. Like, I'm like, ah! But only, you know, if only how we are today, I'd be like, me and David, yeah. But very cool. Right. So, so, I mean, um, so that was really fun. And then we, and so that band split up and we had, um, okay, all right. Oh, so that, okay. Um, and then we had, uh, that, some of the guys went to the band, one's our daughter's wedding. I went to a band called The Rescue, we're signed by AM Records, you know. I mean, we used to, when our rehearsal, we used to rehearse The Rescue, and right across the hall was a band called The Breakfast Club, who was the drummer, was Madonna. And I used to give her lunch money. Because <laughs> I was waiting tables on my side. She'll, know, she'll never remember, or she'll never, I'm sure she'll never admit it. Wow. No, she is. But yeah, that was back in the day. And she wanted us to, she wanted us to be her band, and my, but I said we couldn't. And I actually, after I said what she's done to some other people, I'm glad we never made that choice. But but we were already signed by NM Records, so that was great. So then, um, yeah, it was really fun. And we went, went to, and then, like, you know, they said, well, listen, we're going to send you to London to do the record because it's actually cheaper to send you there than do it here. And I go, yes, you know, I'm from New Jersey, <laughs> like, you know, like, and I'm in a rock band. I'm like, somebody is sending me to London to do my record. I was like, so psyched. And so, uh, Tony Mansfield, the guy that did, uh, he did Naked Eyes, you know, always something there to remind you. Did that electronic version of that song, that background song. And yeah. uh, so he did our record, you know, and that was good. And we, you know, we, we, uh, and then we were with EG Management. And at that time, they had Roxy Music, um, King Crimson, and Killing Joke. And we were sort of their American experiment. So we had some great shows. I mean, like, you know, open it for Roxy Music. And, and we had one time, we, our manager put us on this tour, and it was like, the worst tour ever. And it was like, <laughs> And we came back like, what was with that tour, man? Every club owner was meaner than the next. And he goes, I'm just going to toughen you guys up. But I just want to tell you, um, in two weeks, stop crying because you're opening for Duran Duran. So we went some crappy little clubs to 25,000 seaters. And, wow, and, that's a shocker. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was good. So, um, you know, so I had it really good that way. And then the band broke up and we did some, you know, we sort of get neighbors and I got sort of back together. And we had sort of, a, you know, we had some uh, stuff with the. Uh, virgin but the guy that signed us or the guy that was uh, that was interested in signing the band ended up dying from a cocaine heart attack it's like great okay there we go so that's the end of that so so we just been so i've been writing stuff like that and um so uh and did a lot a lot, lot of stuff and i was it was fun i did a lot of church band stuff i don't know how i got involved with that because every pastor i went with like i'm a real spiritual person 
but I'm not a big religious person just mm -hmm. because I had uh, out of like the three churches I was in, everyone was crazier than the next. Like what? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, no, whatever. But so, but yeah, but still running songs. So then, um, and then about, uh, about 12 years ago, a friend of mine, I had, I did a solo record down in Memphis, John Hampton, the guy did the, uh, Gin Blossoms, all those big hits back then. He had a three week, uh, they, I, I squeezed in and we did myself, my first solo was called the authentic Memphis sandwich. Um, that's a whole story in itself. Um, but, um, and that was great, you know, and I did that. And then I started going to Nashville and, you know, things like that was great. But, you know, the thing is, um, I stay positive no matter what. And I always feel that there's, you know, you could still, you know, have joy. So I came, came to Florida, I had a business, the business went bust. We, we lost our house, my, you know, uh, my car, you know, I was bankrupt for a million dollars. I lost everything. And, um, and I, I was working two jobs a cook. And then one of the girls there was going to EMT school. That's where I went. So then I, you know, so I, I became a flight medic and a paramedic and a lieutenant and all that stuff. And that's the end of that story, but it was great. And I know it was like, the retirement's really good. So I don't have, I'm not rich, but I don't have to worry about money, you know? So we, we have enough for a pair of bills every month. Um, hey, then, if you're uh, happy, that's what's important, right? Exactly. I mean, the thing is like, yeah, I mean, it's solid, but I've had some stuff. We, uh, in 2006, my 18 year old son was killed in a car accident. Um, you know, um, and it, it was only, he's only literally driving a block away. We went from a block to the store. He, he's going to get some paper towels because uh, his girlfriend's dog got sick and didn't have enough money. So he raced home to get some extra money and he cut this car off and this guy was speeding. And that was the end of that story. Oh my so, God. I'm so but sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a beautiful story. So uh, 10 days after the funeral, we went outside and this single white flower grew and we, and we've been in the house about 12 years by that time. So we knew like, well, that we never saw that flower ever before, but it, and had it rained, it just popped up. I was like, okay. So his name was Trevor. He called it Trevor's Flower. So a couple of days later, my wife went out and the original flower closed up and it was five white flowers, just like the first one. So she went to go call me on the phone and she got the phone. The phone rang and it was a nurse from the organ donation. She said, I just want to tell you that five lives were saved from your son's gift. You know? Now you're going to make me cry. Yeah. Oh and, my uh, gosh, Tim. Yeah. yeah. And then, so... And then we had, then the flowers went away and we hadn't seen them 10 years to the day of the accident, 10 years, a single white flower came up again, the same one just for a day. And then it goes away. I mean, you know, so I've had some really experience. I mean, he showed me, like I had his ashes on my, I was had his ashes and I was sitting on the bed and I, this thing was wham to black and wham to black. And I'm like, what? Like, and I have a friend of mine who's a medium. She goes, Hey, listen, I just want to tell you that because did Trevor just show you the accident? And I went, Yes, because being a paramedic and a flight medic, I've been terrible. I've seen terrible accidents. Right. And I always want to say, were you ever in pain? And you just want to show me, Dad, I was never in pain. It was out, you know, done. Wow. So, so, wow. so I've had like I've had yeah some stuff like that, some crazy stuff. So, I mean, you know, um, thirty-seven years clean and sober. People are like, man, how'd you get through that without like you know going out? But you know, I, I just I you know I made a decision a long time ago, never go back to that ever, that life ever, ever, ever. And so, you know, me and my wife, um, you know, and it was, you know, that that's just trauma. And then my, my two daughters and I found a lot of people had the worst time of it, worse than we did. I mean, and I found that from a lot of other people that have lost children. The siblings have a worse time than the parents. Right? Sure. I don't know. They do. I mean, they just, you know, they were we had a lot of stuff with them, like, you know, suicidal stuff and drug problems and like that. But now that's all done. You know, and they're doing great. But like me and my wife are going like, you know, 
God will never give any more than, you know, you can't handle. I go, uh, dude, <laughs> like, I know. Yeah. How strong you want me to be? I'm like, I'm, I'm at the edge here. I'm like, I'm I know, hanging, right? I'm, I'm ready. Up. I'm just hanging on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm white yeah. knuckling it, you know? So, right. um, but, um, but you know, we stayed, so me and my wife, like, you know, and we, we, we found a, you know, I have a song called lucky to find love again. And, and, and it's, it's, it's a big crowd pleaser, but you know, the thing is what we found is, um, staying together. Like people would say like, oh, I don't want to be free. I don't want to marry, be tied down. I go, you got it all wrong. Because when you find the right partner, you know what I mean? And the right person, that's the true freedom. When you can actually totally love somebody with your whole heart. Mm, and, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, that's the freedom. And, um, and we just, we just basically had that commitment, but we just, we figured out if we stay together and we hold on tight in the worst times, and we've been some, some, about the worst you could be is losing a child. We right. can get through it, you know? And so we have. So, I mean, just for those who ever, you know, say, will I ever find joy again? Yes. If you, if you're, you know, if you, if you have addictive problems, can I ever, can I ever beat this? Yes. Cause I did it. And if I did it, you can do it. It right. just comes into like doing the right things, making good choices, getting the help you need and just do it. And make a choice like I don't want to go back to that life again. And now my life is great. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I can't tell you like, um, yeah, I mean, I love my life. You know what I mean? And I just uh, and I've every day I go to the gym and I and I'm grateful that I can still work out. You know, yeah, right. I, I, well, and you're breathing. Blood is flowing. Right. The sun is shining. Yes. And yeah. you have taken what was one of the most incredible tragedies for somebody to go through a family, a parent, a, a mm -hmm. sibling, and you guys have come through it. You persevered, you have resilience and you have moved on because this is what your son would want you to do. Isn't it? Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. And you know, the thing is the whole organ donation thing, like my wife was like, I don't know if I want, you know, she was, but I, I, we had talked, uh, my son and I, that the same thing, if that ever happens to me, like, do not put me on life support for it. My wife's maid of honor had an accident and they gave her a paralytics and didn't give her the oxygen because she was brain dead. And mm. the parents won this huge, you know, million dollar suit and kept her alive. Mm. There was for what? I mean, there was right. no quality of life. You know, right. we went to see her one time and it was like, so like, it was sad. And so for me, it's like, you know, somebody can use my organs, you know, I mean, and the, the thing is we've, and I've met, we were, I was doing a, uh, an open mic and, um, this, and we used to, we used to uh, video it. So, uh, these people came in and they asked the manager, you know, because it was on the board that we videotape it. You can, anybody in the world can see it. So I said, well, can we get the, the, um, the URL to, you know, so my friends in Ohio can see what we're seeing. And so I, I come down, hi, I'm Tim McGarry, you know, and here's the URL. So I go back setting up and we're playing the night and the lady and the one and the husband, they were, she was crying a lot. We're like, we thought they were fighting, but they weren't. And the husband comes up to me and he goes, Hey, listen, I, um, I got to tell you something and I don't know how to say it. And I, and I go, well, you know, I've pretty much been through everything. So let's go. <laughs> and he goes, uh, that's my wife her, and her father is the one who has your son's heart. Oh my uh, gosh. Just happened to be there. And oh my gosh. Because they were on vacation when my on the accident, you know, and they knew that he was uh that she got the heart from the somebody in Naples, a young eighteen year old. So she figured who we were. So she she always knew who we were. I never knew who she was. Mm -hmm. So I mean yeah, so I mean so we yeah. So that was uh 
yeah, that was good. But, you know, I mean, now I'm doing, like, I'm producing people. I have two people from Scotland, Samira and Lee Graves, um, Samira Prentice, uh, this guy Zaja from the country of Georgia, Lee Alonzo from Mexico. I have my own stuff out. Like, my latest single was um, uh, Coming Down to Earth. And then I have, uh, I'm working with a guy named uh, Robert Paul Gay. He was the guitar player for Johnny Van Zant. you know, for 12 years. They went on tour and stuff like that, you know, around the world. And um, he was a new, we put uh, seven songs together. It's called, the, the name of the CD is going to be Lucky Seven. And nice. uh, I just finished all the thing now. We're in the mixing and mastering part, like the end part of it now. And actually, uh, we're going we're gonna to release that in January. You know, uh, Lisa Alonzo, It Ain't You, that's going to release in January. And... Um, yeah, so, and then I'm doing a lot of interviews like, with people like you. <laughs> and it's really fun because, because, yeah, it just, you know, it gets you out there. I mean, I have a lot of stories, you know what I mean? I, I, you know, I, I've had a couple of interviews where like an hour and a half later and they had to make three interviews out of one, you know, right. out of the one. Because I just, you know, they, they, they keep on going on and on and on. I mean, I was a virtual Marine from 19 to 21. I went through Africa, Sudan, uh, Israel. I was in Iran, you know, it was like, there was a, was a Navy guy there. He goes, hey, you want to smoke a joint? And I go, what? I go, what's the penalty for smoking weed in Iran? The death penalty. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. That's an easy, no. that's an easy pass, dude. So <laughs> uh, no, no. Right. Yeah. Let me ask you, what has been, of all, you, I want you to tell everybody, you know, some of the bigger people that you played with, but out of that, any significant stories or memories or favorite? Well, I think David Bowie's probably with a favorite story. You know, yeah, I mean? it's an amazing but story. That that's 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 one of my favorites. You know, yeah, he's one of my he's one of my heroes. Um, the uh, well, the Stray Cats. Brian Setzer was in a band called The Bloodless Pharaohs. We were neighbors and allies. There was a club in, in Philly called the Hot Club. It was like sort of like the same thing like CBTVs, but in Philly. So mm -hmm. when, when when the Brothers Farrows would play with us, we were in Philly because we, uh, we were in that area. We were the headliner and we played in New York with them. They'd be the headliner. Well, the Brothers Farrows is Brian Setzer from the Stray Cats. And we were like friends. And, you know, like when, I'll tell you a real quick Brian Setzer story. So Brian's playing. He breaks a high E string. I'm like, oh, dude. I goes, I broke a high E string. I'm like, I run back. I get the string. And I swing it up. And he pulls it up and he's tuning up. He's tuning up, he's tuning, and here comes the lead. One, two, three, it ain't right in. Like never missed a beat. I go, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's talent. <laughs> oh my God. And, and, then, and the time that he was leaving the Buzz Sparrows, and we had, he said, hey, listen, I'm going to do the straight cast. What do you think? You know, he's talking about like Rockabilly. And I said, well, Brian, I always knew that you had the star thing. He was just a great guitar player, nicest guy. You know what I mean? And like, you know, and stuff like that. So, and so, I mean, I, you know, I, I, that that was you know that was really fun to, you know, to work with somebody like that okay when i was 12 years old i took dancing lessons with john travolta did you really he's oh my god i was from anglewood new jersey he's from anglewood if you ever look it up and his mom and my mom said well you guys need to take ballroom dancing we're like we're, we're looking at them like dude this really sucks yeah right <laughs> <laughs> you know we hated it so yeah so yeah i mean I, so I, you know, I've, I've known a lot of famous people. And the thing is, I, I usually find is the more famous they are, you know, like uh, Tony Levin, the bass player for Peter Gabriel and, you know, the nicest, you know, nicest guy. I bought his, I bought his amp set up one time because um, he was with King Crib at the time. They're the nicest people. They're already there. Mm. They don't need to put on airs. They don't have to like, oh, I'm famous. You know, people that do that, you know, that whole, it's just like fame is fleeting. You know what I mean? I tell always like these artists, they go, famous pleading, love the music, 
do the music for the music. The thing is I love about music, you know, you're in a, you're playing for 25, 50,000 people and they're all different races and religions and sexual identities and whatever. And when the music comes on, everybody's the same. Everything's one. Mm -hmm. All that stuff doesn't matter anymore. And that's right. the if that isn't spiritual and beautiful and powerful, I mean nothing else is. Yeah, you know? right, exactly. It, so, it, it, yep. So the thing is for me is like that's what I love. That's what I love. That's why I'm still doing it. And people say, "Well, how long are you going to do it?" Well, I can still sing. People still enjoy what I'm doing. I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm pretty good entertainer because you know, of course, I got a lot of stories. So like, you know, and I, you know, it's like I have this one funny song. It's called "Feed That Dog." When my friend got married, and his old like ninety year old country grandma right goes to, <laughs> goes to his new bride. She's like, "Now, darling, you want to make a long and happy marriage?" And she's like, "Well, yes, ma'am, I do." Well, honey, I'm going to tell you the secret. A new bride's like, well, what is it? She goes, honey, you got to be good to your man because you don't feed the dog at home. He'll be digging in the trash. I went, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Write that down. Feed that yeah, dog. that's a song right there, people. <laughs> yeah, but I called this guy Buddy Brock. Buddy Brock, is a he's a he's a big-time songwriter, like, you know, Watermelon Crawl, and he's got a bunch of hits, Kenny Chesney. And I and I had a connection with him in Nashville, and I said, Buddy, I said, i got to tell you this story, man. I just And I just think that you would be great, you know, to write this with and tell me what you think. And so I told him, he's like, he goes, and he's a Southern, you know, Southern Carolina kid. He's like, Tam, he goes, I've been writing country music for 35 years. I never heard that. You come over, we're writing that today. So I <laughs> so, so got him my, my latest CD. So that was really fun. So I've had some really good, you know, I mean, those kind of guys really good. Gary Hannon, the guy who wrote Tequila, make the clothes fall off. We were good friends for a while. You know, we did, he got me in a lot of things and, like I'm really good friends with this guy Chaz Sanford. Um, he wrote "Missing You" for John Waite, and he was, you know, and he's got that. That guy has the best stories. I mean, I have stories, but that guy's like, he's like, I'm, <laughs> it's just unbelievable stuff. But you know, and and he is like, you know, mega hit, the nicest guy, beautiful studio, and me and him are good friends. And you know, it's like, and I think too, and and your girls are in the business now, and I tell them this thing: music's about relationships. Mm. I mean. It's all about relationships. Oh, you know? gosh. Yeah. Network, network, now, network, network. Network. You know, I have a lot of DJs. I mean, that that uh, that around the, you know, around the world that will, I, I say, hey, I got friends that, you know, they got a, they got a song. Can you, can you put it up? Yeah, they'll do it. That's nice. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and, and now some of them call me and say, hey, what do you got new? I mean, when does that ever happen? <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. You know it's I mean? really awesome. So, so the thing is, um, you know, I don't know. I I have a great life. So now it's just uh, I'm enjoying and just and and I'm, and I'm trying to. I work with a lot of young songwriters and stuff like that. Um, you know, like there's a whole thing um, we call put furniture in the room. There's a song I have called American Made. I'll just sing the. I'll just tell you the first verse. It's the smoking pipes of a Harley and the rumble that they make. It's the laughter of a child her first July parade. You're at a baseball diamond on a hot summer night. You got a, a, a hot dog and an ice cold beer. And you're singing the national anthem, holding back a tear. Now you can see all that stuff. Right. right? Very descriptive. And that's, and that's when I went to Nashville, I was, you know, I'm a rock writer. I had a sit, I had a record deal. Dude, I was totally schooled. <laughs> and, but when I wrote that song, that was like two years after being up there. And luckily I had a lot of friends that, you know, and people put me in touch with some really, you know, talented people that really taught me a lot. And I had to humble myself, like humbling myself. But they taught me so much. And when I wrote that song, I said, okay, I finally got it. I'm getting what you're talking about. You know, put something stuff in, you know, there's, there's no, you know, so, you know, not that way is another song, the same thing, you know. And 
So the thing is to put stuff in the room because people, young songwriters, like, people like, they're always talking about feelings. I can't see a feeling, but if I can give something visual. You got to do the, yeah, you got to do the visual. It's the storytelling. It's the description that, right. that brings yeah. you in. Yeah. You got to take people on a journey. Exactly. Right. So uh, that's what I've learned. So people like, you know, I mean, I've, I've been so lucky and fortunate. I mean, when I first went to Nashville, this guy named Mike Kinnaman, he had uh, music central, uh, central publishing, music central publishing. And, and I'd sent him some stuff and he wasn't too impressed. So I was in Nashville. I go, Hey Mike, I'm, I'm in Nashville. Can I just come in and play some, some new stuff? And he goes, okay, come on in. So I go and he goes, okay, you can play me one verse, one chorus or one song. Go ahead. <laughs> so, oh. I play, so I play him the song home with me and he goes, keep going. Let me hear more. He, he let me play the whole song. And that night he took me to a party and it was like, Dobie Gray was there. And you know, I mean, it's like in all these, like, like the, like the biggest producers in Nashville and like, you know, and so Mike's go, all right, play your song. <laughs> and my wife's going, you're going to play? Like, you know, like she's like, yeah, I guess so, because I'm here and, and people enjoy it. So like, so I, I made, they knew I had like the goods, you know, but I still need a lot of, you know, uh, things for me to learn. And, uh, and so through patience, their patience and me just shutting up and being humble and learning, I really think I got it. So now it's like, you know, I'm a, I just wrote a song for my friend. Her, her son is uh, going over there to that Middle East, uh, you know, calamity. Um, oh, my like, God. Uh, yeah, I, there's I, not I just, a nice word for it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, no one wins in that thing. No, one no wins. it's a big mess. But, you know, um, Tim, I, I really, really, really appreciate having you here to talk about your journey and your life. Oh, and your you stories so and sharing them. And um, I know I'm going to be following you in your journey and hopefully we can meet sometime in person and yes. um, it'd be fun to collaborate on something. And, um, you know, I want everybody to go out and listen to your music. I want you, I want people to buy your music. You know, you're, you're not putting music out just to make money. You're putting music out because it's stories, because it's life, because it's, right. you want to reach people and right. you, uh, you, you're writing for passion, writing from right. passion, if you want to say that. Right. So, um, I mean, I, I, every time when people say, I really do sing from the heart, you know I mean? That's when they say, well, you really sing from the heart. Like you can, they can feel it. And I, it's like, you know, like there, there's songs that I've written and I've had like other people sing it, you know, like demos and stuff. Like say country song. Well, I'm not really a country singer. I'm not. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I like I like I like all kinds of. I mean, I'm writing R and B. I'm writing like electronic pop. I'm writing you know Americana, like that. And that's more of my thing. But um, if I have like a real country song, I have a country singer sing it because if I sing it, it sounds like, hey, tell him. You know, like I mean, right. it's not it's not it's not it's not real. And the thing right. is, you have to believe. Um, there's a song called I Will. Um, and you can hear it on, uh, I think, Reverb Nation or SoundCloud or whatever. And, uh, I'll go look it up. Okay. It's beautiful. And this guy uh, uh, this guy um, sang it, and his voice is beautiful. Now, I don't even sing that song because after he sang it, I feel like I don't know if I could ever sing like he did. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but it's a, and it's all about, and I, and I started the song I was doing, in, you know, I was in my kitchen, and I was doing this thing, I will. And it was basically, I was singing it for like, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, um, the soldiers and the veterans that are killing themselves, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and I have another song called I Don't Know You. I've had three firefighters in the last eight months that I've take, that I've worked with that took their own lives. I'm sorry. Mm. I mean, it's like, it, what? You know, and one guy was like the funniest guy, I, you know. Now that, you know, 
One guy had lost a daughter to a drug addiction and mm. he couldn't take it anymore. Another guy lost his wife to cancer, couldn't take mm. it anymore. Another guy, and I think he had uh, alcohol problems and stuff. I'm not sure. So, um, but that's like three guys I worked with in like in eight months, you know. And I've had good friends. My friend Cody, that uh, he died. He was an actor, wrote song. And my friend um, Nolan Neal, he was on The Voice, and you know he he died of an OD. And you know, I mean, and we'd written some really good songs together. One's called "Pain Is a Gift." It's a really cool song. It's you know, mm. audio. so. Um, so the thing is, you know, all through this tragedy, you know, and, and sometimes that's why I look, I, every day I just, you know, I have, when I, when I go to the gym or I travel, I put this like uh, Spotify and I put like the meditation music on mm -hmm. and as I drive, I sort of pray. Yeah. Nice. And gratitude. Mm -hmm. And because I love to be connected to my source, you know, yeah. I, mean? I really don't think there's a white, a, an old guy with a white beard up there on golden streets. I, I, you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's a nice story. You know what I mean? For people who needed that back in the day. But, you know, but the thing is, I know when I've connected to God and or my source or whatever, you know, um, and, I, you know, I love Jesus, you know, Buddha. I mean, I, you know, I have a Buddha here. I mean, I have a, a real quick. OK, <laughs> this is another thing. This is crazy stuff. So I, this meditation thing, this guy, uh, Panache Desai, and you just saying you, you talk about something and then what would happen, you'd meditate on it. Right. And we did three different things. So the second thing was, he goes, affirmations are really good, but if your cup is three quarters filled with mud, which is dense negative energy, like pain and guilt and all that. This is about a year after my son died. And I had so much pain and, I just, and it wasn't really good for me. It wasn't good for the people I work with. It wasn't good for my family. I wanted to release the pain. Mm -hmm. So um, so we started meditating. He comes over and he puts his hand on here on my head and then over my heart chakra, right, right here. And I instantly wept like the bottom of my soul mm. like of my my brother kevin my son and you know just uh my good friend that you know i mean uh i just yeah i you know bald they took his hand off and i stopped so then again he did it again they again same thing and they took his hand away and then so we're meditating my article and i see this vision i'll tell you this person looked he had long blonde i don't know who it was it was buddha jesus uh whatever and he had um a long flowing black hair, big beard. He had this jeweled robe on that went on, you know, to the side and a hat that sort of went with it. And in the front, there was like people like shadows, like they were there to witness, but not to be. Okay. And I, and I want to, and I'm, I want to release my pain. And he comes closer and he puts his hand out. And like, I feel it like touch my head and the pain went away. Wow. I mean, and it's, yeah. So, I mean, I've had people go like, you've been you must have been here before it's like it's like you have some stuff going on so and you know right. and i never thought of myself being like a thin veil or that you know i mean so um you know and this person's a medium you know i never went to a medium i just see she, she had, i was contacted by her because i had somebody that her son was shot in the chest and he was i was i was on med flight he was and i was with him his last you know minutes of life mm. you know on the helicopter and um she knew it and we become friends girl karen the lady karen and uh when my son died she she this lady called me up and she's spot on i mean spot on like like spot on yeah and but some people have that gift yeah she does and you know and i feel and i have friends like well you know that could be stop it because because right since since i've had that i am closer to god than i've ever been yeah because i know i know without a doubt there's something after this i'm not sure what it is doesn't matter you know what i mean but yeah. i just know that when i'm connected to God and source, I'm just, I feel whole.
Right. There's, you know what, it really fills up. I feel like it makes you feel whole, like you're talking about, and there, there are no voids. There is no emptiness. There is no, like I need right. to eat or I need to drink or I need to do something to fill it up because, right. um, and then what happens when you're in that space and you can be whole for everyone else around you right. um, in your life. And, and it's just such a different experience to have in this world. Uh, I think it's probably better to me. It seems like it would be better than any drug or alcohol out there. You just oh, have yeah. to get into that space. You right. have I mean, to be able to surrender and line your, align yourself and, and you need guidance. Anyone out there listening, you would need guidance to get there, to get started. Right. You know, unless, and, and, and sometimes people have these ahas, you know, but for most people, they really need a, a guidance to know, yeah, this is what's happening right now for you as you're journeying through this meditation or visuals are coming or whatever it is, your dream right. you've had, you know, um, but, um, you know, I, am glad for you. It's, uh, it's part of your life. And, and I think at some point it'd be really good for you to you know write about all this, uh, because you have such amazing stories, um, and it could, it would be very inspiring to others. So well, I should, think you we, let's talk about, yeah, talk about that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to talk to you about it. Cause I think you've got, it's just, you know, everything I hear that you're saying, you know, um, I'm just like this, these stories need to be out there in the world. So, um, yeah, let's talk about it now. Listen, I would love to have you back on. Okay. Be following your journey. Uh, <laughs> our time goes by way faster than I'd like uh, <laughs> because there's so much to talk about, right? Uh, oh, you, trust me. We haven't even. Yeah. I know we haven't even scratched the surface, right? So we're going to have to come back, right, Tim? Right. So okay. I, I'm so grateful to have gotten to meet you and to be connected. We want to give a shout out to our friend, Caden Gordon. Okay. Is, yes. uh, he's such a great guy and he has such a heart for connecting people and all the passion of the work that he does. He's done a great um, job. He's a great cheerleader, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, thank you, Tim. And where can people, where, give, uh, will you give a, a website where people can find you? Yeah. Uh, Tim, just timmcgary.com, T-I-M-M-C-G-E-A-R-Y.com. Okay. Uh, or Facebook. And if, you know, on Facebook, say hi, you know, um, if you want to be uh, that. And then, or, or if you do my, if you go to my email, I mean, my, um, my website there, you can leave a message and leave your email there. And then what I'll do is when I get new songs, I'll send you out some songs that, you know, there's some newest stuff and you can give me like a little critique if you like, or, you know, just to pass it on, you know, yeah. uh, and also too, I do a lot of house concerts. So what, you know, right now um, people do, you know, these shows and stuff, but I've been doing them now and people love it. You know, you get 30, 40 people, everyone brings food. It's about 20 bucks a head. So it's not ridiculously expensive. And, I sit there and I tell stories and I play songs and people sing with me and it's just, uh, I love them. And that is people... awesome. Okay. I just friended you on Facebook. So you'll be getting that. So we okay. can be connected to there. And you know what? I've been to a couple of those up here through some Nashville songwriters who mm -hmm. for, you know, Clint right. Black and <clears throat> Garth and all those big guys. And, uh, it is just a wonderful experience. It is. Isn't it? Yeah. Yes. I mean, you get a, it's intimate, it's more connection. And then the yeah. things like, you know, you, be, you know, between sets, you meet everybody and you're shaking hands and talking and, you know, answering questions. I mean, it's just like, you become friends. It's like, these are not just like people who come to the show. These are like become like, you know, more than just maybe some fan, but just like friends. And right. like I say, relationships. And 
So, I mean, I, I love, I just love the connection. You know, that's, I love connecting to people and if I can make them laugh, I can make them cry. I mean, like I have a song called Hold On. It's about the last in the day after somebody passes away and, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. how do you, you know, and you go, and it's, you know, two hands praying, uh, holding on to faith. And, you know, and that's, I mean, yeah. So, and I sang that and people just like, every time I sing it, somebody goes, I have somebody needs to hear that song, you know? Mm. Okay. Well, so, it's nice I, feedback for you. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. So yes. And, um, I do, uh, I do a lot of co-writing just saying. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, We're listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, yes. Let's you know. do it, Tim. Let's do it. I love it. I love okay. it. I have a great co-writer um, myself too. Uh, we we well, we have four children's books out, and we're wow. getting signed a contract for nine more books. Uh, wow! Yeah, we're awesome. really really excited. So that's like in the works, and <clears throat> we are so so thrilled. Uh, but um, okay, listen, we'd love to have you back on. Um, as I always say at the end of the show, please do something nice for yourself today. And say something nice to someone else. You never know what you do when you you never how you know how you change somebody's life or their day by doing that. So we'll be back soon. And Tim, thank you so much for being on Cover to Cover. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. it was fun today. Thank you so much. Thank you for being a part of our audience today. Please subscribe, like, and share the podcast with your friends and tune in for the next episode of Cover to Cover for all things in the author world.